Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, January 23rd. Two San Diego Navy SEALs missing off the coast of Somalia have been identified. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Mayor Todd Gloria declared a state of emergency in the city of San Diego following yesterday's heavy rainfall. The San Diego Fire Department said there were 24 rescues from the Tijuana and San Diego rivers, as well as car rescues and rescues from hundreds of flooded homes. Jessica Kalix lives in Southcrest. She says her house and her neighbors flooded within hours. And she FaceTimes me and she's like, Jessica, Jessica, like, look at this. And she and her children were in the water in the living room. The city says it's coordinating efforts with other local, state, and federal agencies to respond to the flooding. The heavy rain and flooding has also led to closures at some schools across the county today. They include the La Mesa Spring Valley School District, Kip Adelante Preparatory Academy, Monarch School, America's Finest Charter School High School Campus, Harriet Tubman Village Charter School, and Seoul Academy. You can go to sdcoe.net for more school closure updates. Members of the California Faculty Association are on a week-long strike against the California State University. The walkouts are happening at all 23 campuses, including SDSU and Cal State San Marcos. While the CSU did not cancel classes yesterday, the strikers were joined by some students like Rachel Selke, who is a sophomore at SDSU. Any student who cares about their education is here supporting their faculty and supporting their teachers and um, not going to cross this this picket line. The union is demanding an immediate 12% pay raise across the board for 29,000 professors, lecturers, librarians, and coaches across the CSU system. The demands also include a full semester of parental leave and workload relief. The CSU says it's offering 15% over three years and eight weeks paid parental leave. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Two Navy SEALs declared dead after going into the ocean off the coast of Somalia this month were identified yesterday as members of a San Diego-based unit. Military reporter Andrew Dyer has more. Petty Officer First Class Christopher Chambers and Petty Officer Second Class Nathan Ingram went missing more than 10 days ago. Both SEALs were boarding an unflagged vessel near the coast of Somalia when one fell into the ocean and the other dove in after him. Chambers was 37 years old and originally from Maryland. He joined the Navy in 2012 and has been part of San Diego SEAL teams his entire career. 
Ingram hailed from Texas and joined the Navy in 2019. He's been stationed in San Diego since 2020. He was 27 years old. U.S. and Allied ships and aircraft searched more than 21,000 square miles of ocean during their 10-day search, but couldn't find the men. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. Worker advocates say the Cheesecake Factory and two janitorial contractors have paid $1 million in connection with a state wage theft investigation. KQED's labor correspondent Farida Javala Romero reports. According to state investigators, more than 550 janitors at Cheesecake Factory restaurants in San Diego and Orange Counties were underpaid from 2014 to 2017. One of them was Naxili Perez, a mom of four. She says she worked night shifts of 10 or 11 hours, but she was only paid $70 a day by a contractor. Now she's grateful she's finally set to get at least some of those wages. But Perez says she wishes the settlement had recovered more of the $4.5 million in citations state regulators initially levied on the companies. Still, workers' rights advocates say this is a landmark settlement in California because it's the first time a company has paid for wage violations by its janitorial contractors. The Cheesecake Factory did not return requests for comment. That was KQED's Farida Javala Romero. San Diego nonprofit Pillars of the Community held the first of what they say will be regular clinics to help San Diegans seal their criminal records. Reporter Katie Heisen followed one man through the process. Nearly 50 people wait in Total Deliverance Worship Center in the Grant Hill neighborhood. Among them is 46-year-old Michael White, who works as an organizer. White was convicted for armed robbery in his early 20s. Even after he served his time, the record haunted him. Out of all the expungement clinics I didn't help run, this is actually going to be my first time getting, you know, a, a crack at it myself, so I'm excited. A California law took effect in July that allows most felony records to be sealed, which, unlike expungement, makes arrests and convictions mostly invisible. Millions of Californians now qualify. A clear record offers a much better shot at employment, housing, and credit. Organizers say it also frees people to chaperone field trips or coach a Little League team. It can affect the whole community. White says events like this help make record clearing more accessible. You get to sit down and talk to lawyers one-on-one and, um, you know, figure out if you, you qualify for it. You ain't got to go far out or pay for parking or nothing. It's, you know, it's right here in the community. I asked White what he plans to do if his record is cleared. I'm going to apply for a job at NASA. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Just keep doing what I'm doing, helping my community members. So even if, you know, I don't get it as long as something. Even if I don't get it, he keeps saying. He doesn't want to get his hopes up. But when he meets with the public defender, she tells him he qualifies and helps file the paperwork. He waits until he exits the room to celebrate. Organizers say they hope to hold a clinic like this once a month. Katie Heisen, KPBS News.
School buses to transport students on field trips can cost hundreds of dollars that districts can't cover. Education reporter M.G. Perez tells us about an organization that has had to temporarily put the brakes on new requests for field trip funding to support children who need it most. It looks like she's posing for a photograph or even a show. Very nice. There's a lot to see at the Institute of Contemporary Art in Balboa Park. This group of fourth and fifth grade students is from Wegaforth Elementary, a school in the San Diego Unified District. Along with touring the ICA's art galleries, this field trip includes hands-on learning. Okay, that's going to work. 11-year-old Sophia Adrian joins her classmates in cutting, pasting, and creating with some paint, glue, and a cardboard tube. Just decorations, like pink. That's my, that's my favorite color. Pink? Yes. Students started the morning on board a school bus that transported them from their campus in Sara Mesa to the museum in Balboa Park, about an eight-mile ride cost of $600 for the round trip. We're often referred to as the missing link because we're the ones that can come in and provide that funding to get the kids to the institutions that have reduced the cost for them. Julia McBeans is executive director of the Arts Bus Express, a small San Diego nonprofit that raises money to pay for buses that take children on field trips to arts and science destinations. We need money. McMeans says the Art Bus Express takes requests for funding from any of the 42 local school districts. Priority is given to students attending public and charter schools, kindergarten through 12th grade, who come from low-income families recognized under federal Title I poverty guidelines. If I wanted to send every kid attending a Title I school in San Diego County on a field trip, Every year at the beginning of the year, I would need about $5 million, which is a huge sum of money, but that's how much it would cost. On average, a field trip costs about $21 a student for transport and entrance to many museums and attractions. It's just fantastic of how people can make random things into art. 11-year-old Jason Medcalf and his classmate Alex Brush work together on their cardboard tower, cut, paste, and color project. I want to be uh, a new Picasso. Alex says he's glad he's getting experience on this field trip to improve his skills. I'm going to have to train with art, draw stuff, paint stuff, make towers like these each and every single day. Jason likes the other benefits of this trip off campus. The entire class can go have fun with um, each other because most of the people here are friends and going to places together is just like real bonding time. Arts Bus Express has kept the wheels on the bus going round and round, transporting 7,000 students to museums this school year. But there's a wait list with requests from more than 200 teachers and another 7,000 students. That's forced a pause on any new requests until $140,000 can be raised. Some support from the city and county of San Diego helps, but private donations are needed most. Special education 
education teacher Megan Salcido is grateful her request was funded for the ICA trip at no cost to parents. I'm glad that we didn't have to do the fundraising ourselves. That kind of took that off our plate and we could kind of focus on just getting our kids ready to go. The ICA is free to the public Thursday through Sunday, making the museum a partner in the investment field trips can be, says Executive Director Andrew Oot. And we're on our phones all the time. We see so many billboards. That didn't exist 100 years ago to the degree that it does now. So we need to make sure that kids understand how to visually interpret the world around them. As the Art Bus Express slogan goes, enriching student learning, one field trip at a time. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. The San Diego Blood Bank and the San Diego Padres are hosting their annual Padres Winter Blood Drive today. The event is from 9 this morning to 4 p.m. at the Lexus Premier parking lot across from Petco Park. Claudine Van Gonka is the Director of Community Relations and Media for the Blood Bank. She says blood donations are typically needed more during this time of year because not many people donate during the holiday season. Ven Gonka also says the blood bank currently has a shortage of type O positive and negative blood types, and that one blood donation can save up to three lives. To donate blood at the drive, you must be at least 17 years old and in good health. Appointments are encouraged, but walk-ins are also welcome. To make an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org slash Padres. Comic-Con Museum just extended the run of its Stan Lee exhibit to April. Arts reporter Beth Accomando previews the new additions to the collection. Stan Lee, the late founder and editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, had a career spanning more than half a century. As an icon of the comics industry, it's fitting that Comic-Con Museum has an exhibit dedicated to him, says curator Michael Uslan. It's called Excelsior, The Life and Legacy of Stan Lee. Stan was inarguably the most important editor and writer and co-creator of comic books and comic book superheroes in history. He and his co-creators actually have created our modern day mythology. The ancient gods of Greece, Rome, Egypt all still exist, except today, thanks to Stan and the group, they wear spandex and capes. You can see the origins of some of that mythology in the new Curator Corner, featuring historic original art. That any of this art still exists is amazing, since comic books were once a denigrated art form. No one really considered preserving any of it, especially back in the 1950s. There was a public outcry in America against comic books because there was a post-World War II rise of juvenile delinquency in America, and something had to be blamed for it. So it must have been comic books. I mean, comic books were being burned, reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s. And these artists had to endure that. As the late founder and editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, Lee helped usher in a new generation of superheroes that readers could identify with because they dealt with such real-world issues as racism. For me and for most of my friends and my kids and my kids' friends growing up, everybody really truly believes that these comic books helped mold our own sense of ethics and morality. What a gift to give to one generation of children after the next. And that's one of the important things that Stan and his co-creators accomplished that they really don't get enough credit for. 
But you can appreciate the legacy of Lee and his co-creators with the newly expanded Comic-Con Museum exhibit, including a page from X-Men number one and the one and only Iron Man and Submariner cover. Enough said. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top stories. I'm Teppi Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.